0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI Podcast episode, I talk with Leanne Weivel about why some teams and businesses excel while others expire. Leanne Weivel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you, John. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: And I really appreciate you taking the time to meet. And at such a late hour or early hour, depending on how you look at it, um, you join us from outside of Queensland, Australia. uh, Well, in Queensland, outside of Brisbane, Australia. And uh, it's 2 a.m. for you at the moment. And I'm all comfortable here in my corner bedroom office um, at 10 a.m. And so I'm comfortable and I put you on the spot to to, uh, uh, be a part of this interview at such uh, a late or early hour uh, for you. But I really appreciate it. Today, we're going to be talking about why some teams and businesses excel while others expire. I know this is something you do a lot of work on in your own consultancy. And we'll we'll explore topics like tuning into your team and communication uh, and team capabilities and, and, and other related issues as we go throughout our conversation today. As we get started, I just wanted to share Leanne's bio with everyone. Leanne Weivel is an experienced corporate communications professional who helps people in business communicate their ideas with confidence. She has worked for iconic Queensland Health and Education Services in the public and private sectors, as well as with numerous startups, small businesses and not-for-profits. She now runs presence communications, a training and services consultancy, which helps teams work better together with tailored business communication skills, training and insightful true colors, empathy building workshops. She holds a BA with honors uh, in communication practice with distinction and certificate four in training and assessment, She also is a Certified True Colors International Facilitator. Uh, What a great background. What a great uh, bio. It's truly an honor. And before we dive on into the discussion, anything else about yourself that you would like to share with listeners?
1: I might share some some great news that I've had recently. I'm going to be a grandmother for the second time next May.
0: Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. That that now,
1: is exciting. When my when my daughter uh, was pregnant the first time, and people would congratulate me, I would um, I'd be like, "Why I'm not having the baby?" But it was pointed out to me that if I've lived this long, and I have grown a child who could produce a child, then that's an achievement. So I I gladly take the congratulations now.
0: Well, well, not only that, but also. I can only imagine the joy that comes when, when you're a grandparent, being a parent is full of joy, but it's also so much hard work. Um, And, you know, I've often, I've often heard grandparents talk about how being the grandparent is all of the fun without all the work because your daughter gets to take care of that stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, and it's, it just is, just is something different altogether.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Well, I have six children myself. Uh, I'm I'm a long way from uh, getting to the point of having grandkids, probably. But uh, but I do look forward to that day. So well, that's that's wonderful. It's it's good to hear your family is growing, and you're going to have an opportunity to to extend your your love uh, to more people. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah,
1: puts me in a good mood.
0: Excellent. Well, as we get started uh, today. I I thought I would just ask generally about your current consultancy business um, and some of the types of things you're trying to do. You obviously are doing uh, empathy building workshops and other related types of trainings and assessments. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And then that'll launch us into this topic for today of why some teams and businesses excel while others expire. Okay, John, uh,
1: I think this year this strange 2020 that we've been living in has been a year for discovery of what people are capable of and uh, what skills they have Uh, the discovery you know what kind of technical skills people have to suddenly be zooming or working on teams it's also been a discovery time for a lot of my clients um, to, to find out, you know, how, how well their team can get along when they're not breathing the same space. Um, I'm engaged by clients to work with them on their communication with their team. So sometimes that's, you know, it's, it's broad. It's about how, how do people get along based on personalities. But then it uh, drills down to skill sets. You've got, um, when you bring people together, as you would know, when you bring people together, everybody brings something different to the table, different life experiences. Um, and I'm not uh, I'm not sure what the situation is in, in other countries, but in Australia, there seems to be this idea that um, if someone says on their resume, excellent or exceptional communication skills, you take it at face value and you assume that they have all these skills to, to interact with other people in the workplace. quite often they don't so it's only when this realization that the people that you've employed you've brought onto your team don't have those skills and the cracks start to show you've probably heard that analogy before about the red sock and the white wash you know trying to work out what why is the team not getting along so I help teams I help team leaders and members of that team to understand know, what are the, like, uh, what are the drivers, what are the communication breakdowns that are happening based on uh, where people's experiences, people's personalities, and then from that working out, okay, what else, is, you know, is it a, a, a skill, is it a hard technical skill like business writing? Is it, you know, is there someone in the team who always runs away when it's time to chair a meeting because they, they lack the confidence? So it's, it's sort of looking at the broader part of working with teams and how well they get along and then also at a more granular level of what actual skill sets are they missing so that they're not functioning as well as a team. Um, and I like to draw on, on the, the work of Alex Pentland with the, the need to ensure that your team has opportunities to go out and explore and then bring back new ideas but also to uh, have that free flow of energy and a sense of security and safety within the team to explore um, new ideas with the team itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are great thoughts. And it sounds like you're doing some good, important work uh, with, with your business uh, and helping other organizations. And you touched on a few points that I think are really key uh, as you're trying to tune into your team. Um, I think it's really important for us to understand how each other's strengths and stressors boost team cohesion and performance. Um, and I'm I'm wondering what you've seen uh, in your experience working with organizations in Australia and perhaps beyond the borders of Australia, um, where organizations perhaps aren't perhaps aren't doing a good job of understanding each other's strengths and stressors, which ends up actually leading um, to a lack of cohesion and performance and what you've done to disrupt that so that they can start to rebuild and create a firmer, more sustainable uh, team.
1: Mm. I, as I said, I think this year, particularly we've, it's come to the fore of, um, you know, what, what's, what makes a team work uh, and what, what skills and, and attributes are needed for a team to work. Um, recently, I've been working with... Uh, a team that, you know, had to disperse very quickly. They had worked, uh, there were a couple of people who were working remotely, but the whole team suddenly, you know, uh, disappeared, if you like. So, so not having that same air to breathe and um, and picking up on the nuances. And suddenly we're, you know, just communicating in this one dimension of the, you know, the Brady Bunch boxes. Um, we're missing out on tuning into people's uh, nonverbals. You know, we, we, we get certain expressions, but we can also misread things. So, if someone's leaning like this, it could just be because they're, God, it takes a lot of energy to sit upright and stare at the camera constantly. So, if they're leaning on their, their hand and, um, you know, seem like they're not paying attention, they're falling asleep, we can misread what that means. Um, and that has limited our ability. To uh, communicate effectively and really share that meaning. So, what happens is that we start to feel paranoid, or, or, or um, for some managers, they're micromanaging because they can't see their team and, and the constant checking in like, you know, some people checking in two or three, four times a day um, it, it's, you know, it, it's sort of disruptive. And what we've lost is the, the casual chat, you know, like, can I have a quick chat with you? Every quick chat, you know, for you know, sort of had become a a meeting. You had to everything was scheduled. Right. <laughs> so, so there was none of that casualness that was there. None of that sort of free flow of ideas and thoughts. Uh, and this one particular team that I've been working with, um, you know, the focus immediately was on you know, let's make sure everybody's got the the physical stuff, the equipment that they need to work from home, and then. Let's quickly adapt our services. And there's so much focus on the business but not the people in the business that some people were really suffering and not being heard. And when you think about some people in in your team, it's good when you've got a variety of people on your team and if I can use the True Colours language, if you've got orange people who are very energetic and and they're adventurous and, and you're asking them to stay stuck inside a box all day, um, you know, they're, they're going to become disengaged and um, look for other things to do. So understanding what are your stresses and what motivates your team, particularly when something like this arises, then you can factor that into all your adjustments, not just the physical business side, the, the business systems and practices. And certainly, of course, focusing on your, your customers and your stakeholders, but at the expense of your people um, and not lis- listening in and if you've got that, if you've had that awareness before something happens, then, you know, it, it's that little voice inside your head reminding you to do that. But if you don't really know what goes on, what 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 makes your people tick, and then they suddenly behave in this different way, whether it's because they're working remotely or some other, um, you know, something else happens. And sometimes it's like an election. You've got the elections um, coming up in the states now. Queensland has a state election coming up. I think, I think we're getting more coverage of Trump and, and Biden than we're, we're actually getting of our own premier at the moment. But even, you know, a change of government can upset a lot of businesses um, or the, the prospect of that. So when you're in tune with your team, when something does happen, you can recover faster than, um, you know, it letting things slide and then suddenly go, why did, why did they leave? You know, why aren't they as productive as they used to be when they were in the office? So these are things that are valuable to have in in readiness for something to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, great ideas. And, you know, the, the organic... Check-ins, you know, that would just happen as you're walking by someone's office and, and you just stop for, you pause for 20 seconds and say hi and, you know, check in real quick, casually, and then, you know, pull someone aside perhaps for a minute. You know, those types of things have gone away. And I think you're absolutely right. Many leaders who are now, they recognize those opportunities are gone, so that, but they still want to have opportunities to check in. They're really struggling to balance with how often do you do that? How do you structure that? And do you end up having to, like, schedule a Zoom meeting for each of these types of opportunities, which becomes clunky and overwhelming? You know, when I look at my calendar, I get up in the morning, and I look at my day, and I look at my calendar, and I'm like, ugh, I got, like, seven hours of Zoom meetings. And that's, like, that doesn't include all the other work I need to get done. And, and it seems like this periphery, the peripheration of, uh, of meetings that is happening because of this, like everyone's just scheduling meetings. I'm, I'm in way more meetings now than I was before. Um, and how many of those meetings actually need to happen? Um, and how many of them are just well-intended leaders or well-intended individuals who just think we should schedule a meeting when an email would work or something that I like to try to do with my team is just have like general office hours availability, right? Where, um, where it's understood that I could just like send a quick chat and say, hey, you know, are you available? Can I pop in for a minute? And then you don't have to have something scheduled, but people just know that, that uh, just like in the office, someone might stop by. Um, those types of opportunities allow for some organic communication without having you to fill up your day with all these half hour and hour long meetings. Oftentimes, you know, they, you don't need that much time for those anyways, or a simple email can suffice.
1: And the phone, let's use our phones for something other than, you know, watching cat means, you know, getting back to, I I, I try and encourage people get phone call first because we are, you know, Zoom fatigue is very real. Um, And, you know, for me, uh, because I I work from home so much anyway, that I try and make, you know, do the multitasking thing of um, walk and talk. So when there's a phone call, I can get up and move around. I could even go outside and have that phone conversation. And, you know, that's another thing too, is that when we're moving, we, um, you know, our, our, when our brains are more stimulated, there's more things going on than when we, we are slouched or, you know, stuck to the chair. And our, and our peripheral vision is being trained here instead of out here. So we're missing out on so much that could um, make us think of, of more interesting things for the business, to be more creative, to be more innovative, um, because we're just not getting the same kind of stimulation. And, uh, you know, setting, I think it's about setting those ground rules, as you say, like office hours, uh, setting some ground rules about, you know, when do we use chat. Um, from Teams or Slack or whatever program. When do we use that? When do we use email? When is it a phone call? Because um, something else that I've noticed is happening is that with with chat, with that instant messaging, as more and more, more companies are using that, it's the language has become more casual. And when you take the chat language that you use internally with your team, and then take, use those habits when you're communicating by something more formal like email, um, it's very casual. We can get to tone wrong. So, you know, hey, and, and it's quite an American thing to say, hey, Australians are more high. Um, and, but, you know, hey, um, you know, lots of emojis and uh, what, what do you think instead of what do you think And that casualness, again, creates opportunities for misinterpretation. Because you think, oh, hang on, well, this doesn't seem very serious. Uh, It's very casual, so I'll I'll ignore it. Um, And then realizing, oh, well, no, discovering later that it's caused a problem because that person was offended, that you didn't get back in time, or that that you didn't put the gravitas in the, the communication, the interaction. That was expected. Um, And then also when people are so focused on doing their messaging and neglecting the emails that do come through, those people who are more into structured email uh, communication are feeling ghosted and uh, feeling as though, um, you know, double checking their computer systems, what's going wrong, simply because the I think some bad habits have been allowed to proliferate. They're, you know, they're excusable in the beginning, but we're talking six months now and we really need to get back to having that um, greater respect for how other people communicate rather than, uh, you know, slapdash, quick, get things done and uh, ending up with someone else who doesn't operate that way, wondering what's going on and feeling stressed. In fact, there was a a report that came out, some research came out um, this month or late last month from the Journal of Occupational Therapy that was saying that email um, can have this huge effect on people's mental health. They actually did the research comparing, um, you know, different types of emails with, uh, you know, how people coped with that. And, And a rude email can have such greater stress than people often realise. Um, and I know I'm guilty. I've, I've done the thing where I've been cranky and I've been, sh- you know, in a hurry and I've not really stopped and thought about how is that going to be perceived because they're not beside me and they don't see my situation, they don't see my facial expressions, that I'm being sarcastic or, or having a laugh. Um, and uh, and I've also, myself, I have stressed out over emails that I have received or text messages or or chat messages, I've stressed out over them because I'm going, are they, is, is that, they really think that? Is and, you know, worrying and stressing, of course, sleepless nights, impact on mental health, impact on productivity, impact on team engagement, um, and all those things can, you know, they add up, they build up, they're cumulative.
0: They are, and, you know, I, th- I think of one of the things we're, you were talking about a few minutes ago was the... The stresses of a team, right? So, if we're thinking even within a physical workspace of the strengths um, of various team members, how we complement each other, we leverage strengths, we build off of strengths, um, try to do all of that. That still applies in the virtual world. We just need to be thoughtful about the communication, the tone, uh, how we the norms, and how we go about doing that, respecting each other's time and privacy, and you know, ability to focus and get work done without micromanaging them. Uh, but then it also connects back to those stressors right and and the various things that might be pulling people in different directions and I think it's it's particularly important right now, given how many people are working remotely who haven't before uh, we 've had enough time now to get adapted to the technologies, but that doesn't mean necessarily that our home situation and the stresses involved with that haven't gone away so for example, um, you know listeners of this podcast will know i've i 've talked about this before but you know, my wife and I are both working from home. We have six young children, all doing school online from home, um, and so we're juggling everything, and it's it's hard. You know, it's a challenge, and for the most part, it's going well, and we're we're managing, um, but it's it is a challenge, and it adds an extra level of stress each and every day um, to what we're trying to do. And that doesn't mean we expect to not have to do our work because we're helping our kids. It just means we need a little bit of acknowledgement you know um and perhaps some validation at times from and a little bit of empathy from people um to recognize that yeah this this is an uh, an abnormal situation it is challenging and we're doing the best we can and as long as we kind of keep that empathy in our tone in our communication recognizing you know you, you might have people in your teams that are caring for you know sick um loved ones maybe they're they they live with their parents and are taken care of you know or, or they have vulnerable family members who are immunocompromised or you know whatever like it adds levels of stress um and anxiety and we just need to be aware of that you know and and be supportive as as supportive as we can
1: i, I think one of the great things is when you you know the strengths in your team you can delegate better and you can delegate the empathy tasks if you like you can still be empathetic yourself as a leader but you can if if you know your team and you know that you've got people in your team who it matters to them that the team is cohesive it matters to them that that people's feelings are being considered and people's situations at home are being considered so you can delegate that to to the right person in your team who thrives on that and, and it's part of their job, not extra. It's part of their job within the team to look after the team. So it's not like the team leader, the, the manager, has to be doing everything for everybody as well as for themselves. But knowing, look, you know, hey, there's you know here, here's this person who loves to socialise. Well, I'm not going to be able to get in touch with everybody in my team every day, but... Uh, As long as between you know Jane and I we get that done, but you know good good on for that. And and you know there are people on the team who can become the go to when there's an IT problem or when there's a connection problem. There's usually someone on the team who's better at all the IT stuff than someone else. And say hey you know let's let's you know split some responsibilities here. And I think the the leaders that who have been playing to those strengths instead of trying to um, and playing to those strengths in this unusual situation rather than expecting everybody to perform in the same way under these. Because we don't, when, when our home lives and our work lives have merged like this, it's we can't just necessarily cut off and, and stop. Some people can, but others can't. And having an uh, appreciation of that and having some strategies in place for dealing with that um, and, you know, w- w- this isn't something we can wing. We can only wing it for so long. We need those structures in place to keep us going, to, 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 to be that foundation for us so that we can have that agility, we can be flexible. Um, and, you know, because it, it, it's what, what we've been dealing with these past six months is not something the last couple of generations have ever had to deal with and it's it's new learning for everyone and when you are welcoming and, and appreciative of other people's strengths and you allow them to let their their let them shine in, in the ways that they like to shine then that is a benefit to everybody it's, a, it's everybody wins
0: it does become a win-win type of scenario we leverage the talents the skills the capabilities of each member of our team Uh, And to the benefit of everyone, Uh, it it just helps everyone move forward. Well, Leanne, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. The time has flown by. We're almost to the end of our time together. Um, And before we part, though, I did want to give you a chance to share a little bit more with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about what you're doing, um, and let us know if there's anything else coming up for you, professionally, that you would like to share.
1: Well, thank you for that opportunity. Um, Something that I've had to learn to do is to translate my, you know, to transition my face-to-face workshops online. Um, And the great thing about when you are online, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can connect. Um, And now that more people are familiar with doing that, uh, even though we might spend, you say, back-to-back meetings, six or seven hours in the chair, um, there are people then who go, but, hey, this is great. I can still find time now to do other things. So um, I am quite active on LinkedIn and I welcome uh, people to connect with me. I post, uh, I like to post, um, share articles and share tips uh, with people on LinkedIn. So, and I belong to a number of groups. I like to share those sorts of things. um, I'm not a big one for Facebook, but, you know, I connect a little bit on there And uh, I also have an online course uh, that's available to people who are looking to brush up on their writing skills. It's uh, one of those drill down sort of areas. It's called Trim and Tone Your Writing in Seven Easy Steps. Uh, And it's focusing on, you know, if those people have to do a lot of writing in their job um, and find that, you know, they're often receiving criticism for their writing, they can take this online course, um, and do it at their own pace. So that's something else, that, and, and another sort of way that I've taken my, you know, made my expertise available um, to, to a much wider audience.
0: Wonderful. Leanne, it has been a real pleasure and I hope listeners will reach out, get connected, follow you and, and find out more about what you're doing, see if there's anything you can do to help them and their organizations. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership.